Hey, 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 you are strong and capable, and it's time that you knew it. So in this show, we're talking about leadership, mindset, mental health, authenticity. I want you to look in the mirror and love the human staring back. So if you're ready to dig into who you are, where you're going, and how to get there, if you're ready for real talk all with a side of glitter and laughter, then you're in the right place. Welcome. Hello, hello. My name is Bridgette Heller, and I am the host of the podcast, The Strong and Capable. And I am your teacher tonight to teach you the secret recipe for success. So the secret recipe is all about mindset, but it's also about mental health. It's tuning into your mind and your thoughts and being aware of what's happening so you can make a plan for how to take care of yourself. The secret recipe is what has changed my life. <laughs> it all started a few years ago, maybe 18. I'm maybe getting a little old now. And I was dealing with postpartum depression really badly. And I didn't know what to do. And I had this sweet girl invite me to her basement for a class. Now, when I say that out loud, sometimes I'm like, that is kind of creepy. But I was so desperate and I was so, so desperate for any help and lonely. I was so lonely that I said yes. And I went and it ended up being a mindset class. It was the first time in my life that I found out that I could tune into what was happening up there and I could take some control of it. It was incredible. So I went to this class and in this class, the teacher, her name was Kathleen Wilson, told us about this experiment where she was with a whole bunch of boys. She was doing a training and she said, I want you to hold out your hands and she said, I'm going to hang on it. And you say good things about yourself. I'm strong, I'm capable, I'm awesome, I'm a good friend. So he put out his hand. She chose the biggest, strongest guy she could find. And he put out his hand and she like, you know, tried to hang off him. She's a tiny little lady. And of course, he, he kept his arms nice and straight and tall. Now, she said, I want you to say the opposite. I'm weak, I'm horrible, I'm a bad friend. I let people down. And he had them say these things about himself. And she says, okay, now I'm gonna hang on your arms. Do you know what happened? And, he, and she said he was shocked and embarrassed. Oh my gosh, how did that even happen? And then he was like, no, 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 try again, try again, right? <laughs> because he didn't wanna seem like he was weak. But the thing is, when we tell ourselves negative things, when we put ourselves down, when we choose to believe that we really are horrible and no good, very bad, terrible person. When we choose that, it does make us weak. And the way we make ourselves strong is the opposite. I'm strong. I'm capable. I'm a good mom. I'm creative. I'm dedicated. I'm passionate. These things are really important. So this stuck with me for a long time. And I started using the phrase, I'm strong and capable. I'm strong and capable. Go to the dentist. I'm strong and capable. When I sat by my sister's bedside, that's a whole nother story. As she passed away, I'm strong and capable. And when I was in my darkest moments and I heard her say back to me, you are strong and capable, it changed my life. And I've been on a mission now for eight years to figure out what is strong and capable? What does that mean? And why does it matter if we believe it? And so tonight I'm teaching you the secret recipe for success, the understanding that you are strong and capable and it matters. So 
we're going to start. I'm going to tell you a little personal story because I like stories all the time. And so I'm going to tell you a story. When I was little, when I was a tiny wee baby in my crib, I sang. My mom has not videotapes. She has cassette tapes of me singing. She would go and record it. And I was like 10 months old. Just <laughs> Yeah, I need a picture of 10 year old, 10 month old. Not, I don't need to <laughs> recreate it for you. But I was 10 months old and I would sing in my crib. I was born singing. I love music. But the thing is, is we are just like that. We're born with all the best ingredients, the perfect recipe for success. We really are born with it. But life makes us doubt that. And so we start switching up the ingredients a little bit. For example, so I was born singing and loved it. So let's compare that to grandma's homemade apple pie. It's perfect. It's amazing every time. Grandma practiced. It's good. If you just follow that recipe, you're good, right? So I'm singing. Well, the thing is though, when you get singing, I was shy. So maybe I loved music, but my little introverted heart did not like performing. And as families do, my parents decided I should be a performer. So my mom would have me on stage. She'd have me try out for choir. She put me in performance groups, all trying to tease out my inner introverted, <laughs> which is still a process. And it was hard. It was traumatic for me. And I never came in first. I always came in second place or Miss Photogenic versus getting the crown. I never quite made the choir. They put me in the next one down. It was like I was giving my everything and it was a sacrifice. I could never make it to victory. And so every time I would try out for the choir and not make it, I would take my recipe card, my perfect recipe card, and write, this didn't work. We've got to switch something up. Let's add some more lemon. And then the next time something would happen, er, still didn't work, still don't have it right, maybe more salt. And then the next time, okay, we're really bad. Maybe we just take out apples all together and we put in blueberries. Maybe that'll make the apple pie, right? So we start telling ourselves every time we have a failure or something we view as a failure, we tell ourselves that something's wrong and our brain's trying to keep us safe, which is good, but we were in danger. And because we don't know this process is happening, what happens is by the time we get to be teenager years, we're insecure. We don't know who we are and it's confusing. And now we're lashing out trying to find anything to create an identity for ourselves. And this happens a lot. So this recipe file box was what I was going through, rewriting, 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 trying to find my way back to that perfect recipe that made me happy. And I couldn't find it, but I am persistent and I am feisty. So I went to college as a music major because why not? Even though I had a recipe saying failure, I still tried because the things of our heart we just don't want to give up on them, right? So I still tried. And so the kind of the, the, the crux of all this actually was in high school when I moved to the small town and I was a singer and they were not. In fact, I walked in the first day and they were singing, follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road, follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. And I was like, oh, cool. We're doing workshops. Okay. I jump in there and then, then they go up a step, follow the yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road. I was like, follow, 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 follow. I was like, okay, I know this. And as soon as they were done with the warm ups, the teacher says, oh, 
done. Good job. We're doing that for the concert. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, what? I had just moved from a big town with a very computed, competitive music and drama class. I was like, oh no. Oh, I think not. That was very confusing. So I ended up being the singer, right? People quickly realized I could carry a tune and I could sing complex things and I had this skill. So the first concert, the teacher asked me to sing, asked me to do a solo. Scared out of my mind, but it's what I've been doing my whole life. It's apparently what singers do, so sure. Well, at the same time, I was trying out for cheerleading because in a tiny town, 25 in my graduating class, this is what you do. You do everything. So I had been yelling all week. And as the concert's approaching, I start hearing chatter. Hey, Bridget, my aunt's coming to see you. What? Hey, Bridget, my grandma's coming into town to see you. It's a small town. And so everyone comes to everything and there was something new going on. The new girl has a voice. So I was, my little anxiety could not take it. I was getting more and more and more anxious as time went on and cheer practice was wiping me out taking out my voice and just really wearing me out. So I get to the night of the concert, everyone's got their camcorders up and I'm singing a little Mariah, of course, because that's what you do in the nineties and two thousands. But um, so I'm singing my Mariah, I get up. I don't even remember what song it was. And ah. Like literally within a couple notes, my voice just went out completely. I've never had anything like that happen before then or since. My voice went out. It was done. And here I am, my little 16-year-old self, looking around, looking around. Put the mic down, and I ran off stage. I ran off stage. <laughs> my mom, Bridget, we get back on the horse. This is what we do. Get back out there. Come on. I was like, nope. I refused. Because for the first time in my life, this was an indicator that that nice recipe I thought I had was bad, was no good. It was an indicator that it was no good. I would like to rip it up. But like I said, I was persistent. I went to college as a music major. And in college, I didn't make the choirs once again. I just never picked for the solos. College is even more competitive. There's even more skill than I had now been in a place where skill was not taught to the level that was needed. And... It wasn't very positive, but I tried. I kept trying because I do love music. And probably the day that finally taught me, you are not a singer. You are not, this is not you, was the day that I was singing from one of my very good friends. And he goes, what song is that? And he is very musical. His family is very famous. And I thought, if he doesn't know, if he can't identify it, I don't even know if I can carry a pitch. And so I ripped up the recipe card. I did not sing anymore. I did not volunteer for things anymore. I did not compete anymore. I got married, went on to get married, to own businesses. And music, while it's something I love, it became something I did in secret. So I put the babies down. Lullaby, lullaby. Shoot, someone heard me. No, run out. I would sit down at my piano because I taught piano. That's what broke people do is whatever skills you got, you use. So I'd sit down at my piano. And I would play until my students got there. But the second I knew they were even driving up, I'd stop. Because I was scared. I was scared that anyone would hear me and go, oh my gosh, what business does she have? Playing, singing, teaching, 
that girl needs to stop. I'd sing, right? Turn on the radio and sing and dance with my kids. But if someone walked by, I'd stop. You know what's funny about that is all these years later, here I am recording and I have huge windows out here. It just even weird me out that people are walking by and I'm over here dancing in front of a ring light <laughs> and, a, and a Zoom. So, you know, we can evolve and we can change. And this was proof of it because I was so scared until I went to that class, that mindset class that I told you about. And when I started to rewrite my thoughts, I started to realize that maybe I'm not a professional singer, but I love music. And music is a part of my recipe. It's part of my DNA. It's part of who I am. And there's nothing wrong with me enjoying music and sharing the gifts that I do have and the skills I have learned. But that took a lot of years and a lot of time. And in fact, starting these classes all these years ago was the first time that I owned my voice again. So it took 15 years of mindset work for me to fully own who I was again and that music was a part of it. So <clears throat> I grab a drink here. Before I teach you how to rewrite your thoughts and what that looks like, I'm going to sing for you. <clears throat> and I want you to think about this song and how does it relate to your thoughts, okay? So I usually play, but Zoom does not like to listen to my piano and my voice. <laughs> so we're just gonna sing a cappella. And this is me being brave once again and owning who I am. <clears throat> Until there's all this time, true as it can be, merely even friends that somebody says unexpectedly, just a little change, small to save the least, bold but scared, neither one prepared, beauty of the Ever just the sun, ever a ever and before, and just the shore as the sun will rise. Until there's all this time, till there's all this time. Certain as the sun rising in the east, song is all this rhyme. Started that a little high, so that was a fun party. <laughs> but here's the thing I want you to start right now. This is one of the things my good friend Becky Kemp says. She says, I accept myself unconditionally right now. I accept myself unconditionally right now. So the other thing we say is I'm learning. I'm learning, I'm learning. We're always growing, we're always learning. Everything we do, it doesn't matter how many times you make chocolate chip cookies, you're learning every time. Something new you could do, how your oven works, how the weather affects them. Everything you do is a constant process of learning and growing. And as soon as you accept that, life gets a lot easier. So let's talk about the recipe for success. So the way this works is we take a thought inventory. 
So you think thousands and thousands and thousands of words a day, something like 70 to 80,000 words a day, thoughts a day. That's a lot. There's a lot happening up there. And if you don't know what recipes are going, what code is being written for your actions, then you don't have the power over your life that you want to have. You don't get to change it and fix it. The first thing we do is tuning into your thoughts. So I'm actually going to turn on some music and we're going to do a little thought journal. So get out a piece of paper, grab a pen. We're going to do a little thought recording. So I want you to write whatever comes to your mind. It doesn't matter if it's feeling. It doesn't matter if it's sentences. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative or a list of to do. It doesn't matter. Literally write every single thing that comes to your mind because it takes practice to tune into your thoughts. And if you've done this before, you might be able to click right in and have whole sentences. But if you're not familiar with this practice, what I have found is they're kind of short words or randomness that pops up and there's no judgment here. This is a learning space. So we're gonna go ahead and start that process. Let me grab you some music here. I have a playlist for thought writing. So we're going to go ahead and pull that up. This one right here. Okay, so I want you to think about your thoughts. I wanna think you to think about what's come up here. The first time I did this for myself, it was really negative. There weren't any positive thoughts. And I wrote something like, I wanna eat Oreos 10 times plus. Because at that time, in my mind, if I could just have Oreos, they were very expensive for us because we were young and married and two kids and in college. And if I could just have Oreos, life would be better. And so I wrote, I want Oreos sometimes and it was very negative. Um, I had no self-worth at the time because I was in postpartum depression. So what I want you to do is start looking at your thoughts, positive, negative, everything in between, and start to look for patterns. As I mentioned, it's a silly example, but I want to eat Oreos was one of my patterns. And if you can identify the pattern, you can identify the habits and the things that are coming with that pattern. 
desperation, frustration, excitement, joy, emotions start to connect with these patterns because these are beliefs that we've written for ourselves. And a thought plus a belief equals a feeling. So go ahead and look for your patterns and start to circle phrases that are the same. Because what we're gonna do with those is the secret recipe. This is where all the magic happens. You're gonna pull that out. You're gonna isolate that thought and you're gonna go, okay, I wanna eat Oreos. What do I have to say about this? Why do I have this thought? Again, for me, it was control. I feel like I have no control over my life. Okay, so that is a limiting belief. That's what we call a limiting belief because it holds you back. When you're consistently telling yourself, I have no control over my life, then it is a belief and it actually affects every action you have. When things are chaotic, you're saying, I have no control over my life. When you're late, I have no control over my life. And it doesn't make you feel good and positive and it doesn't help you take actions to having a flowing, happy life. So go ahead and circle that limiting belief and now we're gonna rewrite it. So you your brain is gonna search for evidence of every limiting belief. So when you rewrite a new thought, what we're doing is kind of pushing our brain and saying, hey, here's something new. We're planting some new seeds and we want you to find evidence of this, right? So the new belief has to be something that you actually believe, something that you can get behind. Maybe you don't fully own it now, but something you think, okay, I can get behind that. So that's your new belief. So for example, when I started this class, the very first time I ever, ever taught this class, I was having a lot of limiting beliefs come up. And I thought, well, if I'm gonna teach this class, I might as well put it into practice. So my limiting belief I wrote down so I could write a new recipe was, no one actually believes I have anything of value to say. They're only being a nice and that's why they're attending. <laughs> that was my limiting belief. Now you can imagine coming into a meeting with that limiting belief isn't going to make me my best teacher, performer, anything, right? It's going to make me shaky. It's going to make me frustrated. It's going to make me stressed out. So a new belief is what I write instead. So I take that. Okay. We acknowledge that it exists. Our new belief is positive and it has evidence. So my new recipe that I wrote was my life has beauty and many scars, which create the stories that help others. My purpose is to be a light for those who wish to see. The Lord will send me those who need to hear my voice. So this is very different, right? One is stopping me and limiting me, and one is empowering me and propelling me forward. If I believe I have purpose, if I believe there's a reason I'm doing these things, I'm going to do them. And I'm going to do them with passion and excitement. So the new belief is written down. Now, what do you do with this new belief? That's nice. We just wrote it down. You can hang it up on your mirror so that you see it every day. I like to write mine and screenshot them and put them on my phone so that everyone can see them, so that I can see it, so that every time I open my phone, it's telling me you have purpose. You're a light. People will come who need to come, right? So I'm feeding myself that. You can put it on your mirror. You can put it on your phone. Um, favorite it. because What's cool is you'll save all your new beliefs and they become a beautiful catalog. Back in the day when I first learned to do this, we put them on three by five cards and then I will ring and kept them in my purse so that anytime I was in line somewhere or feeling down, I would pull that out and 
read my new beliefs. I wasn't going to catalog my old beliefs, but I would read my new ones. So as I mentioned, your brain needs evidence. So now that we have the new beliefs, we have to provide a little bit of evidence so that it can take root and that our brain will then start seeking further evidence. So this is actually my favorite part. So I want to pause and for you to write a new belief. You identified your old one. Now I want to give you a moment to write your new one. And then we're gonna talk about how to provide evidence for that new belief. Let me get a little music up for you. <laughs> you can hear my family all, all moving in the background. It's okay. So you're writing a new belief, something you can accept. So now that you've written your new life-giving belief, we're going to create evidence. Evidence is so, so important because if you say the sky is purple, but there's no evidence for it, you're not going to believe it because you can clearly see that it's blue, right? But if you say the sky is purple on nights when there is sun and clouds and the sun is setting and it's reflecting off the mountains, well, now it's like, oh, it's purple, isn't it? So evidence is important and evidence with context is important for our brains to accept a new belief. So my evidence to share with you for that my life had scars was to take it from sources that I trusted, such as Pinterest. <laughs> no, seriously, though, you have to take it from sources that could be trusted because if the source was in your own heart and mind, which sometimes it is, and through journaling, and I have a good friend who does angel writing, and it's, there's a, some beautiful techniques for that too. But in this particular practice, we're taking it from outside sources. So if you're looking for outside sources to pro provide evidence for what you're talking about with your new, new recipe, you go to sources you trust. For me, that would be the Bible. For other people, that might be different sorts of scripture or spiritual writing. Um, like I said, Pinterest is great. 
If you've heard any great motivational talks or speakers or quotes that you trust that person, those are great. So let me share some of my evidence that I had written for this belief. This was becomingchristian.com. I thought it was a fascinating concept that sometimes our lives are the only Bible some people will ever read. Thought about that. That's like fascinating to me that what light we give may be the only light in someone's life. And so it's really important to give the light we have. Um, above all else, be kind. In a world that is so often dark, be a light unto others to look to when the sky is no longer blue. That's Michael Bliss. And then Ephesians 5.8 said, I used to be afraid of the dark until I learned that I am a light and the dark is afraid of me. How cool is that, right? And then, um, oh wait, I don't know who wrote that. Because Ephesians 5.8 is actually for years sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. So I wrote these things and these quotes gave me, even as I was reading them now, give you a sense of power. Like, yes, I believe that. I stand behind that. I, that is calling to me. That's the evidence you want. It should be clean and clear and pure as it can be. You have to trust it because there will be other times when all the fear and all the anxiety comes pumping up to show you, oh, wait, remember, we had already decided this was bad. That might happen, but it's better if you have the evidence because you go, no, 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 no. I rewrote this and I have the evidence. And then you read your new rewrite and you read your evidence to pull you out of that place. So this is the crux of what changed my life. It changed my life because you start to unearth all these little things that you didn't even realize were holding you back. These little beliefs. I had a whole belief around my husband and not thinking he liked me. There was no reason for that other than little moments. We were newly married and every look he would give me that was maybe him squinting at the clock, I would take negative and rewrite my negative thought, right? So, and you can think about this, like how many times does a four-year-old say to a woman, oh, do you have a baby in your belly? And she doesn't. And she, what is the thought? In fact, but is that truth? Is it really true? Probably not. So the things that people say to us and the words that come up and the phrases that we've created our whole ideal and identity around are not often true. And real truth comes from discovering what is happening in there and seeking sources of light and truth to put reality back in there. And I, I have so many, so many quotes, but you know, this R.H. Sin, I love her. Some women fear the fire, some women simply become it. And I believe that's what this process is. It's not about fearing what's up in there. It's understanding it and becoming something that you choose which goes along with this one. The woman I was yesterday introduced me to the woman I am today, which makes me very excited about meeting the woman I will become tomorrow. How empowering is that? You haven't even met the person you're becoming tomorrow, but you get to create who they will be. So I'm strong and capable. This is what I say to myself. And I've learned recently that I don't say I'm strong and capable in fear anymore. Like, I'm strong and capable. I'm strong and capable. I can do this. I say it to empower myself before the moment. I say it when I'm cleaning, 
when I'm doing my laundry, when I'm reading a book, I'm strong and capable because the more I choose it in light and hope and goodness, the more it really becomes me. Choosing it in fear is still me desperately clinging and desperation does not bring victory. Desperation does not bring victory. What does bring victory is passion, is hope, is the conviction. That's what brings victory. When you have conviction, when you have knowledge that fuels you and create the passion, then you become victorious. And so the last quote I have for you tonight before we wrap up is, control your thoughts because they become the words you use. Control your words because they become the actions you perform. Control your actions because they become the habits you acquire. Control your habits because they become the character you reflect. Control your character because your character becomes your destiny. Control your destiny by becoming what your heavenly father and savior Jesus Christ want you to be. That's Robert E. Wells um, from a talk called In Control. And that's what we all want. We want to feel like we're in the driver's seat in this crazy life experience. We do not want other people dictating to us what that looks like. And yet, when we let our negative thoughts rule, that's exactly what we're doing. We are letting every negative word, experience, look, situation, dictate who we are and who we become. And that does not fuel us. It stops us. If anything, we've seen that clearly in 2020, 2021, 2022. Who are you going to become? Are these circumstances going to dictate that for you? Or are you going to dictate to it? The choice is yours. This is why it's the secret recipe to success. Because if you do it and make it correctly, it will help you overcome and unearth all the things they're holding you back. You don't, you won't. And you'll be in the same place you were yesterday and the same place you will be tomorrow. The only time we get to rearrange who we are and become someone new is when we choose it. That's what mindset's about. And mental health plays a role in that. Because if you're not healthy mentally, if you have a really, really bad mindset, it's gonna push you further into a deeper depression, further down the hole. It's like kicking it, down, kicking your wheel, you're down already. But if you can learn healthy mindset tools, then when you're in that place, you know what I found mostly? It gives you grace. You give yourself grace when you understand that you are learning and growing every day. And that today I have to pause and take care of myself in a different way than yesterday. And tomorrow I will take care of myself differently again. This does not make me a bad person. This does not define me. It is a moment and it is to my life what I allow it to be. I hope this helps you. I would love to get feedback for you to tell me your victories, your struggles. You can always send me a message and say, hey, I'm trying to rewrite this. How can I reframe it? How can I rewrite it? How can I remember that I'm learning and growing? I will help you. This is my favorite work. It's the work that I do all the time. I was thinking about teenagers before this class. I was sitting down and playing my piano and thinking about, oh man, if someone had come to my choir and bravely sang and done a terrible job, <laughs> but not cared, that would have been really empowering to me. 
if they had given me this message. So guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to reach out to the choirs and I'm going to give the message if they'll let me. It is our responsibility and duty to know who we are, know where we're going and know how to get there. And once we know how to get there, the biggest responsibility we have is to turn around and help others up the mountain of circumstance into where they want to be, into victory. So have a wonderful night. Reach out to me. If you haven't listened to the podcast, the Strong and Capable podcast, you can find it on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, on all the things. We're in season two, and this is what we talk about. We talk about these things. How do we overcome? What are hard situations? What did the people and the guests do to overcome those? What are tools and resources you can utilize in your journey to become the person you want to become, to overcome fear and not let it rule your life anymore? Have a great day. Bye. Still ending the meeting. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. You're my hero for listening, and you would be my extra special hero if you would share this episode. Share with your friends what you're listening to and what you love about it, and bring them into the community. If you want to connect more, you can join me on my favorite place, Instagram. It's Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. Or you can find us on the Facebook page, The Strong and Capable. It's a private group. I will let you in and then you can Zoom with us twice a month where we have special guests and we talk more about these subjects that we're hitting on in the podcast. Of course, if you want to go further, there is always the Launch Your Podcast in 30 Days course where you can Zoom with me every week and we'll get your voice into the world and so many other ways. So find that all at www.thestrongandcapable.com. And remember friends, you are exactly that. You're strong and capable. Talk to you later.